0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air, online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Caspar. We're joined today by director Alejandro loaizo Gressi, and he is the director of a new film called Utama, Yutama takes us to an arid Bolivian highlands where an elderly couple, Virginio and Cissa, have been living a tranquil life for years. While Virginio takes their small herd of llamas out to graze, Cissa keeps the house and walks miles with other local women to fetch precious water. When an uncommonly long drought threatens everything they know, the couple must decide whether to stay and maintain their traditional way of life or to move on. It's a beautiful film to look at. It's a very touching and intimate story about a couple struggling, but it's also about bigger issues facing the entire planet, but in a microcosm here in the Bolivian Highlands. We're joined today by the director, Alejandro Loezo Graci. Alejandro, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you very much. It's very nice to be here and sharing this moment.
0: Thank you. There is one observation I would like to make about Utama before we get too far into our conversation. And that is the film is an intimate story of this couple and eventually their grandson comes to visit them. And so it has that intimate feel. But also because of the setting, the way it's shot, there is something that feels like an epic film and a much bigger budgeted film about much large issues, if you will or a larger tale in some ways. So it has this sort of epic feel to the outlook of the film. And I thought you'd achieve that beautifully. I just want to say that before we get too far into this conversation. There's something more to this than what would initially meet the eye. Tell me what inspired you to make this film. The main inspiration
1: I would have to say is, was to tell a love story between two people that only needed each other and that was their biggest richness and that they had to overcome difficult moment of separation a forced separation in this case and i think that was the main inspiration and then i was able to travel around bolivia and i got to know my country from north to south and east to west and i found out many problems environmental problems i think that joined together to the love story and to other questions i had about uh, what's happening not only in bolivia but in the world the loss of culture the uh, the difference between generations and i think that's what inspired the film
0: this is one of the the more compelling and interesting parts of the film and it's underplayed but it's there and that is the loss of the snowpack in the mountains infrequency frequency of rain these are people who have lived on this land for hundreds if not thousands of years they understand the cycles they understand at a very very basic level what's going on on that level are they In our story and in in the Bolivian countryside, are they aware of the bigger picture of climate change? What is their understanding of what is happening on a larger scale?
1: Yes, they are very aware about the the entire picture. Um, They have read a lot of studies. They have conducted studies themselves but uh, because this is affecting them directly. So they are trying to know as much as they can from the problem and also there's a lot of uh, ngos that are working with them and 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 trying to just have the big the bigger picture so i i guess it's very different when it affects you directly you have to understand it deeply
0: and that's i think the point for me in the film is this couple who have been doing what they've been doing raising llamas and living off the land for for as long as they've been alive in the film to me there's an unspoken Realization and acknowledgement of what's happening. But as we see in the character of Virginio, um, we see him in his pride and his not wanting on a, a number of different levels. And without giving too much away about the film, he is dealing with something on his own that is, is a pressing part of his life. But it's he, watching him, he's really not only does he embody the film by the way he looks, the way he carries himself. But his story is, is an extension of what's happening around him. Yes, well I, I wrote
1: the, the character, I, it's a character-driven story and I think the character reveals a lot of, about the way people uh, understand life in this part of the world uh, and also the voices we tend to for, forget or or pass by that are the elderly voices. The young people, we always consider, or they always consider them to be very wise and to know to understand the world because the world has changed so fast in the last 20 years or 30 years that we think that elderly haven't been able to adapt to the world. And maybe they haven't been able to adapt to the technological world and technological language, but the languages that matter the most, they still dominate those languages, and we tend to forget that. So that was really important for me, for the character. And, and I think I, I was the entire time being faithful to the character and letting the character drive us through the story.
0: Prior to the production of this film, how much time did you have to get to know this community? Well, it was
1: great for me to spend a lot of time there so I could understand better. I also shared the project, the, the script with people from the community that helped me correct some details and I think that every experience when you uh, live in, in another place is very enlightened experience. So that was the case. I spent many months with them. It was beautiful for me. I learned from them. I learned from the culture. And it was a place where I was very happy. So every time I go back, uh, I have this feeling again of happiness.
0: The cast is really three different characters virginio sisa and clever and all of them are really well developed characters and the people that you got to play them jose calcina luisa Quispe, and santos Choque are all really well done they blend well together their their conflicts their their love underlying love for one another it just really comes across in their performances and uh, where did you find them how did you cast this film So for
1: him, uh, for for Clever, we made a big casting process in La Paz. We knew it was going to be easier to find a professional actor that could play that role. So we opened up a big casting in La Paz. We already knew him. He worked with us uh, in a previous project. But the wonder of how we found him is that we were very close to, to just closing the, the casting process and I had no one that really convinced me I have a com- I had a couple of finalists but no one convinced me. He was not answering the phones or messages and then suddenly he he called my brother, the producer and he told him, hey Santiago, sorry I was not answering I was I went to the countryside to live with my grandparents so I had no signal. <laughs> so we realized at that moment that he was meant to, to be this this character and then we drove with him to Kolchaká and we started interviewing all the elderly people in the region and we went door to door, door to door through many communities that are, this is a very big place in Bolivia, very big, um, yes, very big place but it has a very small population. Uh, We went door to door and we found them in one of the communities. And yes, we we were very lucky to find them because they are a real couple in in real life. So that helped a lot with with chemistry and also with the with rehearsals and and the entire entire shooting process.
0: there's there's just such a quiet power to their relationship. there's a, there's the back and forth between them, the unspoken love films that allow the audience to kind of, marinate in us in silence watching people as they move around the room as any kind of a dance with one another in the way that they interact with and this film does that beautifully it really does i I love i love that because it, it just sort of is a as a cinema is a visual art in many ways and to watch people do what they do and the way that they they interact is it's really well done in the film which leads me to, a, I think, a very important part of the film. Two really important parts of the film on a technical level is the look of the film and your director of photography, Barbara Alvarez. You come from a, a photography background. Yes. Talk to me about a little, how did that blend in with your relationship and what you're asking from your uh, cinematographer, Barbara Alvarez?
1: Well, I think um, it has turned up very well that I started my artistic career as a photographer uh, because I also faced the first future with no pressure. No one was expecting me to do anything because I was a photographer and then director of photography. So no one was expecting me to do a, a future film. When I came across with Barbara, she's a great cinematographer and she's a great person as well. She helped me, especially because she has a lot of experience and I didn't. So that helped me face the first feature film. And I was very calmed with her. I mean, having her, she had my back. So I was really settled, really cool with that. Um, And working with her was, it also was very easy because I think we share the same sensitivity. uh, And I think. She's the best person I could have asked for this job. Definitely. I had a very clear idea of how I wanted the film to look like, but then she even um, uh, enhanced it even more. So that's wonderful. Yeah, that was wonderful.
0: Yeah, there's the opening shot of him walking towards the sunset. Just a beautiful shot. There's so many in the film. And the other thing that I really appreciated was the framing of the people in the film as well they're just you get to see their look their face their facial expression these people have they have character and their look and then in relation to the background in relation to the kind of the vista behind them so you get you get this kind of beautiful blend of that the other thing that i found to be very important in the film was the sound the sound design in the film is really powerful it really enhances the story what were your th- thoughts and in that part, for that part of the film?
1: Well, for the sound design, the great thing is that the Uruguayan co producer, he's the sound designer of the film. And since he's a co producer, he decided to, to go to the place to be in the shooting. So he spent the, the five weeks we shot uh, with us and we talked a lot. We talked a lot about how it should sound. And the first thing we wanted was the film to be very faithful. Uh, to the feeling you have when you arrive to this place. And it's a very special feeling because this is a place that is is at more than 4,000 meters above sea level. So the air is different because there's no oxygen or less oxygen. So the air is very thin and so the sound travels in a different way. And you have a lot of wind and you have... Nothing to interrupt the sound, so it travels in a different way. So the first thing was to be very faithful to this. Everything is so in silent there that that all makes every sound makes a, a big difference. That first. And then we knew that Virginia's breathing would help us a lot. To the pace of the of the and the rhythm of the film. And we realized also that during edit in the editing room, we already have recorded many, many of his breathings and breathing options because we always wanted it to be very present. And then in the editing room, we made the rhythm of the work of the film work with Virginia's breathing. It was a way of helping us being closer to the character and being more in his shoes which is a very important thing to me. It's bringing the audience to someone else's shoes and someone else's reality. So I think it was also a good decision. And then the soundtrack, the music, it was composed by a very famous, well-known Bolivian composer. When I started recording video, he used to hire me to shoot his concerts just for archive. But it was, the concerts were so amazing, so great. They, they drove you to this other place. They could transport you. Yeah. And I wanted that the same for the film. And, uh, and I think it really helps. And it's a strange sound. It's not because it's called uh, Experimental Orchestra of Native Instruments. Yeah. So it uses native instruments, but in an experimental way. And I think that was very precise for the film, since this is also... Uh, west language uh, cinema but it's mixing with native languages with so i i thought i thought that was very important and yes uh, i think the the music is i love the music and the film and uh, yeah and i think it helps a lot to transport you to this place
0: yeah it really does i'll leave you with a couple of thoughts on on that and that is of Vergenio's breathing I felt like it was a metaphor for the planet in some ways the struggle to breathe was part of that sort of bigger bigger picture yes, and, the, and you're right and the music itself is it felt very organic to into that place but it also felt otherworldly especially the last song I believe it's the last song in the film it sounds otherworldly it sounds like it came from somewhere outside of our realm of 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 uh, understanding it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song there's so many beautiful songs in the film but i like that about it i thought it was i don't know why it just sort of encapsulated so much of, of how i felt the uh, the film was was about it's a just a lovely film and i, I want to let our audience know that utama been submitted by Bolivia for consideration for Best International Feature Film for this year's Academy Awards. My congratulations to you on that. And just so much more about the film to be celebrated. So Alejandro Luaizo Gressi, thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio.
1: Thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure